Welcome and bienvenue. Welcome. Hi. Hi. What What was that? My new intro. Oh, what, what would you call that? Coven Cabaret. That's catchy. I like it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've been practicing. <laughs> Welcome to another Witch Podcast. I'm Alan. And I'm Aura. And today we have a really good episode about... How do you know you are a witch? Oh my god, so good. We've been getting so much feedback from you guys. We love it. Thank you so much. And we've gotten one of the really common questions lately about how do we know that we are witches? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk about that. We'll cover cosmic news. We actually are going to do two readings for you today, Oracle and Tarot. Yes, absolutely. And our ritual, um, which Alan, Alan's amazing with this type of stuff, so we're really excited. It's a dedication ritual, you were saying? Yeah, self-dedication ritual. Once you decide that you actually are a witch and how you can actually dedicate yourself to your practice. I love that. I love that. So stay tuned. In cosmic news, we are in the last quarter, waning moon before the new moon next week. Basically, what that means is it's the last quarter, right? So it's the last quarter of the game. Get all your points in if you want to win. If you imagine that on the new moon, you're signing a contract. So right now you're dotting your I's, crossing your T's, getting all those last minute details figured out so that you can set yourself up to win. Mm -hmm. I love um, the time right before the new moon because the dark moon is also in this time. And Mm -hmm. the dark moon is that moment right before new moon, like the day, like 36 hours prior to new moon, like that time where you're really putting in that work. Like, this is legit giving birth to the new moon. And in the last episode, we were talking a lot about uh, Scorpio and being a time of releasing, especially when it comes to other things like Mercury retrograde and what that also means, too. Yeah. Waning moon is all about releasing energy, too. Totally, totally. It's a good time. So in our last episode, we talked about how the full moon in Taurus was like a money moon. So a really good... When you're in a waning moon phase, it's a really good time to decrease debt. Mm-hmm. So a really good time to like start looking at your finances, figuring out where you can... You know, what you because obviously you want to make as much money as possible. You want to have money. You don't want to like lose money, but you want to lose that debt. So it's a good time to kind of look at that and reorganize the finances to try to like take some of that weight off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in other news, the sun is still in Scorpio until the 22nd and then the 23rd starts Sagittarius. Yeah, I know, right? Sagittarius season. I love that we're astrological neighbors. I think that's so cute. Uh, So that's going to happen soon. And retrograde is a bye-bye for now. On the 20th. Hallelujah. (laughs) It's about time. How did y'all do with the retrograde this this round? It was tough for a lot of people. It was tough. It was tough. Even Alan and I found ourselves looking at each other... um, a week ago or so. Like, um, I don't even understand what that means. It's just like, well, <laughs> we you should take a closer look at. And so it was just interesting how even we who prepared ourselves for it kind of got caught up in the... Mercury retrograde, I don't know, spiral. Right, the madness. <laughs> but, um, but it's over, so... What's going on with Mars? Ooh, Mars is in Scorpio right now, which is 
interesting because Mars is in Scorpio until the end of the year. So actually January 3rd. So we're closing out the year with Mars in Scorpio. And Mars is your like, I don't want to call him the worker bee because that's not fair. Because he's like the god of war and activity and passion and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So you get to, I love that you get to close the year with this like active, passionate, cosmic movement. So if you're trying to manifest things like the way... um, the moon and the planets and things are kind of lined up for the end of the year. Super powerful for manifestation work. We actually mm-hmm. have, um, kind of sidebar, but our last new moon of the year is December 26th. So it's days before the new year. So yeah. that energy there of like, I feel like instead of succumbing to the pressure of like new year, new me, you can start manifesting it in pieces. You know, bite-sized pieces, preparations. Like right now is a good time to start kind of making room for those manifestations. And then that way you have this new moon. Yeah, that's really good. It's like a declutter right now. Exactly. Ooh, speaking of which, I love that. Um, I was looking at some stuff and cedar is an amazing... We're always, we're always looking for uh, Palo Santo and sage alternatives. Absolutely. We need to. Yeah, we can do a full episode about it. So we're not even going to like go there today. But cedar is excellent for decluttering. So it's really good in this last quarter moon, especially at the dark moon, to burn some cedar, cedar incense. Um, if you get cedar herbs, throw it in a mortar and pestle, maybe mix it with um, three kings incense, which mm-hmm. is your which is your frankincense, miracle, Paul moment um so you can do all those kinds of things to kind of prepare for this upcoming new moon and i believe that is all i have today for cosmic news don't you just enjoy sounding like a witchy weather woman when you i dress? actually <laughs> shut up i <laughs> it's so cute i love doing the cosmic news and like preparing for it because i do feel like the cutest little weather girl like i just, weather girl excuse me weather person Outer. Yeah. <laughs> but I did picture myself in the 70s in a short skirt and an afro, though. With with maybe like a witch's hat, though. Per- no, like a bow or like a like a pin or something, because I need my fro. Okay. And if I put the hat on the afro, you know what? That's and like a whole a episode. Cola and like a, like a broom yes, or something on the side. Perfect. That it's would like be good. Holding a broom mm-hmm. while doing the news. Yeah. And then you can sweep through things like yes. from one topic to another. Right. Like, like metaphorically. Be- <laughs> Oh, it's just another day at Another Witch Podcast. <laughs> so in the second episode, we talk about what is a witch and how hard that is to define because nowadays, a witch can mean a lot of things. So many things. You have your psychics, your mediums. Then you even have artists that command the stage and how that it's in and of itself is magical. Oh, James Vincent comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're talking about now today about what makes a witch or how do you know you're a witch is really the question, right? Right. That's the topic of the episode. We're going to kind of uh, dis- discover and rediscover for ourselves actually how we came to that point mm-hmm. and how you can, like we're going to try to give you some tools on how to tap into that for yourself or identify you know people ask and we're always like it's hard to pinpoint i think for i mean i i always knew i was a witch out because um when i was born with this special birthmark of a moon on my neck and um when i was born are you actually serious started howling okay mm-hmm. shut no, up not at all <laughs> oh, okay, wait what <laughs> 
Oh my god, that's amazing. That's such a great story. That's oh, kind of how I wish it would. That's kind of how I wish it would be. I but... was like, did that happen in the originals? Like, what are we talking about? That's hilarious. But yeah. sometimes it is that special, right? Some yeah. people will say something totally. like, "I was young and I started realizing that I had a special relationship with plants." Yeah. Yep. I can <clears> say. <throat> okay. So if I had to say for myself, there's a couple of things. Um, I th- I mentioned in the first episode actually that I come from a long line. I only recently discovered that information in the past few years, and it wasn't until last year that I discovered about my great grandmother's magic. Mm-hmm. So before that, I didn't know this, and I come from similar to what you said, like a very um, Catholic and Christian family. But they also kind of dip and dabble, like they'll do like. A money, they'll put a money plant by the door. They'll like burn certain incenses and herbs for, you know, when they're cleaning and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So there was always some implications, but never any like direct like, hey, by the way, you know, we have occult practices blended in with our <clears throat> Catholic faith, you know? Yeah, and I guess that's the thing that people um, probably a lot of times experience themselves too, like you're explaining where mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that you do that are folk practices more or less that right. or or a lot of other things that maybe not even folk practices just the old right word. school right right like i feel like i thought every grandma did that but you it's know? before you even know what a witch is right and before you're even able to say like what that actually means right so you grow up doing all of these ritual like type of things but you for you it's just something normal totally like i loved incense tea and amethyst. I remember amethyst being the first, and I'm pretty sure I loved it because it was purple. You know what I mean? But I remember amethyst being the first crystal that I loved, and I had one when I was really young. Mm-hmm. And um, but I was called to it as well, and I loved burning incense, and I would walk around, holding the incense and like just. And I don't, you know, in retrospect, I don't know if I was pretending it was a cigarette because I was totally that girl. <laughs> I used to watch black and white films and tv so like this was every i felt like every cool oh those girl, those long cigarettes yeah or, right or... yes i felt like every cool girl had one of these ridiculously long cigarette holder moments you know and mm-hmm. so uh yeah i i think the cool thing about it is, is that once you ask if you like if you're asking if you might be you already are open to it and mm. like we said in episode two it's self-acceptance at some point like it's kind of Mm -hmm. like for me and for me that was the case like for me it was accepting um i have a friend joey who years ago called me a witch years ago and Mm -hmm. i was like calm down it made me uncomfortable even because i came from a world where similar to what you were saying about how the word bruja and brujeria had like this like negative kind of like petty weird connotation to it Mm -hmm. i came from that background as well um so the thought of being a witch was like, nah, be chill. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And then you think, <clears throat> because there was also a time before um, when I left the Catholic church where I was Christian, non-denominational. There's no room for that in there. And so I was constantly fighting myself. I was constantly, um, at one point I was at a church where the pastor and I, I mean, what? <laughs> I'm not even going to get into the drama. Maybe in episode 27. Stay tuned. But anyway, um, yeah, so he and I were having a conversation one day, and I challenged him, and he challenged me, and I discovered in that moment that I was no longer either... It's not that... 
I don't know how to say it. Like, I was no longer Christian the way it had been presented to me. Like, I, I love Mary Magdalene as a deity and Jesus. Like, I look at them as, like, high priest and priestess. Mm-hmm. In, within the Pantheon. Um, so I look at it, it's a complete remix of Christianity in my mind. But um, yeah, I think as soon as you start asking yourself the question, am I a witch? You've already kind of um, opened yourself to the possibility. And then identify your gifts, I feel like. Yeah, that's interesting what you're saying about the moment you start questioning. Because yeah. when you are getting into a part of the self-exploratory part of where your beliefs and your faiths and, and your faith lies, that begins to be a, a time of a lot of questioning. Right. And part of the thing about being a witch, too, is the amount of studying that's done. Oh, my goodness. And so much study. Yeah. We, remember, we talked about this, actually, earlier in the week, like um, last week, where you don't realize you're studying while you're studying. Like, I was always into Greek and Roman mythology, then yeah. Egyptian mythology, mm-hmm. then, you know, like, you start discovering ancient philosophy, and then, you know, the Renaissance, and how, like, certain, just, like, connections, things that you start to, like, they excited me. I was always loved, like, temple. My mom will tell you a story about when I was a, in single digits, how I always wanted to go see the broken buildings. Mm-hmm. Something called me there. Something called me to these amaz- amazing ancient places where you know paganism and all these labels that i can't stand but all of these practices were commonplace Mm -hmm. and so it's easier to be a part of that world when it's commonplace and not so taboo which it still is today which is why another podcast exists because another witch podcast i should say it's funny that you mentioned too about the part of greek mythology and getting into that because as i was younger too Mm -hmm. and my family too grew up like with being like really conservative in the sense of I couldn't go out too much. They were really overprotective. And I feel like that kind of almost like worked out. It was almost like oh. I was being guided in some sort of way. If I'm trying to put more meaning into what was nice. going on. Nice, yeah. But what I grew up then, instead of doing, you know, um, you know, city soccer teams and playing sports and stuff like that, that I wanted to do because all my friends were in it. Right. I had to be home and what i ended up getting really into were greek mythologies egyptian oh my goodness books and yeah. scholastic book fair was my best friend oh my because god because i would go insane yes oh my god that's so true i love that that makes so much sense yeah all it, uh, like harry potter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that okay i'll just read this book yeah so <laughs> that's that's literally how i started getting more involved in these other types of uh, systems or belief systems, more or less. Totally, because you started your occult study, your occult studies way before me. Well, when I was my first occult book, and I think that my father didn't even know what I was asking for, but <laughs> he saw me. We were in Walden. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> exactly. We were in Walden Books in Newport Mall in Jersey City. Name Not there dropping, anymore. Name dropping. That's right. <laughs> and- Walden Books. <laughs> <laughs> and he asked me, I, I had been begging him to take me to the bookstore. And I must have been, I think, 12 years old. And we... We're looking through the books, through the bookshop. I was super nervous about going into the new age occult section, so I kept on like passing it by, like like I'm a not lightning really bolt. A lightning bolt was yeah. gonna come out of the sky <laughs> if you had 
piqued any interest whatsoever. And then finally, somehow, I gathered up the courage to just Aww. grab my first book. And I showed it to my dad. I was like, I want this book. He looked at it. He's, you know, he was Argentinian, fully non-English speaking. And he just looked at the cover and he was just like, you sure you want this? And I was like, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Buy it now. Oh my God. Can I just <laughs> stop you for a moment? Because what you just said is so powerful. You said that you found the courage mm-hmm. to buy your first book. Yes. Like you found the courage to take that first step. And I think that is the answer to the question. When do you know that you are a witch? How do you know? When you find the courage to take uh, that first step. Yes. Because for me, it was even being able to, like I said, my girl Joey was calling me a witch for years. And I was mm-hmm. like, chill out. Because I hadn't found the courage to say that I was a witch. And to be a witch takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Because if we look at the history of witches... Hello. That's why the word witch has such a bad uh, reputation. Yeah. So they like want they don't want you to embrace it. They don't want it. They don't want you to give it power. They don't want you to empower yourself. They don't want you to believe in your magic, you know. So they would rather have you be a muggle like than to tap into your magic because the deeper you tap in and this is you can ask any practitioner. The more and more you tap in. Oh my god, I have another friend, Stacy, who I'm sure she'll be on the show next year for sure but she she talks about um she does reiki she does all these amazing things she's fabulous she talks about how once you start tapping in like you shut it off but it's almost like a leaky faucet like and so you're just (laughs) like so every once in a while you'll hear something you'll see something and you're just like i'm trying to like do something like domestic like i'm trying to do something non-practitioning right now please Mm -hmm. please allow me a moment you know it's like whoopi (laughs) goldberg you know with like a line of ghosts talking to her yes but i love what you said about uh finding the courage i think that's that's powerful Mm. Mm -hmm, definitely so how can you are there quizzes you can give yourself um we're gonna actually try something right now so we're gonna take the animal spirit deck okay and what we're gonna do is basically ask a question for you guys we are going to ask how do you tap into or how do you know when you're a witch how do you tap into your witchiness how do you discover that now we've already established that finding the courage to take the first step is already kind of like identifying and this deck is going to be actually pretty good to use for something like this kind of question because when we're talking about witch too we're witches often use uh energies that are natural energies yeah and we're tapping in we're trying to tap in at least with the animals of this of this deck which are like almost like totems more or less totally if we wanted to call them but uh they offer a lot of wisdom and then of themselves so let's see what we've got totally totally so it's kind of like we are harnessing natural energy like kind of almost like stepping out into nature and asking the animals for guidance Mm -hmm. very indigenous like yeah I think so. Well, everyone did that. What is indigenous anyway? It depends on what where you are. We're in the United States, so indigenous for us is native, right? But if you're from 
the UK, like native for you, indigenous for you could be Celtic, could mm-hmm. be, you know what I mean? So it definitely takes on many forms, but nature-based communities tap into animal energy regularly, I would say. Regularly, absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to pull a card for you guys. So the question again is, we're asking the animal spirit, how do we identify, how do we tap in, how do we know if we're a witch? Oh, the Ooh. octopus. Deep. So <laughs> Very deep, literally. Literally, because, you know, octopuses are rarely seen. Mm-hmm. So it, I would say automatically it's a private practice. Like, you don't have to ask all your friends. You're going to scare people, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, keep your mouth shut a little bit. I think also the representation of the so many tentacles yeah. speaks a lot to the idea of you having to tap into multiple sources yeah. of where it is. So research, there's research, 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 research. And don't ever think that you just have to go in this one little nook agree. and you're always going to have your answers there. Yep, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, and what I, what I was saying about like the depth and the keeping your mouth shut is I've learned that. And anyone who knows me knows I am not great at keeping my mouth shut. But what I've learned is that, you know, your practice is personal. Your practice is individual to your spirit and your existence. So I think in order to give yourself an unbiased exploration, you should keep some of that wonder to yourself listen if you decide that you want to go like go where there's like-minded people you know and the octopus much like the squid they're super deep and you hardly ever see them because they're so they can live so deep in the ocean so they're not afraid to live in the deep they know what it's like they live in the shadows they know what it's like to work the shadows Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i think our answer right there has a lot to do with how to really tap in then with all of this type of um, energy in terms of finding out how you can continue on your search for be for I guess realizing yourself as a witch once you've already determined that you are one. Right. And a lot of things when trying to search for what that is or search for your own identification as one, it does require you being able to go in really deep. So also, right, also, and this is going to sound corny, but like, I don't know what how it's going to sound, but an octopus has like soft skin, right? Like, are they mushy? I've never touched an octopus before. I think they're mushy. Yeah. So my thought by saying that is that I, because I'm getting the vibe of like sensitivity and hypersensitivity. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. So that's another part of tapping in and kind of like when you start becoming more sensitive to things than you've been before. And I don't mean vulnerable necessarily. That's mm-hmm. different. I mean sensitive to where, I mean, I'm sure that the sun would bother an octopus. They're nocturnal, right? Mm. And um, their skin, if it's soft, it's likely photosensitive. It's which also is why really transparent, deep. so you kind of really see a lot. Uh, cool. So I think part of that has to do then also with you being able to, if we really thought about that too and being transparent, it's more of that thing of showing a little bit more of who your real self is Ooh, when it comes to stuff like that. Deep, I and like if, that. And I don't know, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but there's, uh, there's even like some videos and stuff that pop up online of sometimes uh, an octopus being caught and they have it on the boat, but they haven't really, really caught it. And it tries to escape. That thing, because it's so mushy and everything, it will slide through. I saw the that. Of yes, it went through. Gaps. It went through 
like one of those what's it called like a grate where the water oh, goes through yes. where the water goes through on a boat i saw that video and then it was like clung to the side so definitely like able yeah like you know able to get into small spaces mm-hmm. be flexible be basically. flexible Ooh, flexibility because that's what you were saying about the multiple arms as well mm-hmm. being flexible means do your research keep an open mind you know the last thing you want to do is spe- ever but especially in the beginning is be pious in your study like it's okay for you to open up, discover different things, what speaks to you, start to customize. Like that's what a modern witch is. A modern witch practitioner like has multiple um can tap into multiple sources. I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, always in reverence, always with respect, never appropriated, please. That's another episode. We could probably do a three-part series, but mm-hmm. that's another story. That's uh, true. Yeah, so I feel like that's excellent for the uh, shadow work of the octopus. And speaking of shadows, Ew. item of the episode. Item of the episode. Item of the episode. Item of the episode. What it is. <laughs> uh, uh, what, what it, it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too much. So the item of the episode is the book of shadows. That's magical. Yes. Yeah. So what is a book of shadows? A book of shadows, more or less, you can say, is almost like a witch's journal. Mm-hmm. It, you log in there all the things that you've been learning along the way, but not all the things that you've been yeah, learning along the favorite, way. Yeah, your favorite, your key things, things that your spidey senses tingle when you start to read about it. Like, so for example, um, discovering your deity or like your spirit animal or your, you know, if you get a guide's name, come through in a dream. Mm -hmm. Dreams, you should always, I feel like you can always write down it or have a dream journal maybe. So maybe not all your dreams have to go into your book of shadows, but in the beginning, especially, I feel like put everything in your book of shadows. Like Mm -hmm. there is no right or wrong in terms of like what you're putting in there. I think to your point, it should just always be something important. Yeah. Especially when you're trying out uh, spells or herbs and so on. I think it's important for you to include everything you possibly can, because right now when you're doing a book of shadows uh, as a beginner too, you're looking at all of the possible factors or variables as to why a spell worked or why certain works, you know, required something else on certain days. So when you're logging all of that, you not only include the ingredients of what you used, but you maybe mark down the time that you did it at, what the lunar cycle was in if you're working with those energies, what deity and all these other things if you're using deity. So it's getting really specific as to all of those Things because you want to make sure what is going on in my work that is making it work or what is it making it not work. Right. Totally. Totally. So I think just being like conscious of just being present, you know, like that's one of the things about magical practice and, and the craft, etc. is everything is intention based. Right. So when you are putting something, writing something into your book, let it be something that has clear intent. Mm-hmm. This is in here because it made me feel a certain way. It, you know, provoked a certain thing. It worked in this way. It, you know, so I think just like that conscious effort really starts to build a magical book. Also, you can go back through our episodes and our Instagram has some notes from each episode as well and start kind of writing things down. So like I used a white candle for blah, blah, blah from episode one, right? Mm-hmm. The soda light, which was the item of the episode in, in the episode last episode, two. Yeah. yeah. You can start to kind of like, I use this for this. I use that for that. And then it becomes 
something that you can look back on as a reference tool. It becomes your own personal reference tool. And I feel like that's part of what a book of shadows is too. Yeah, I was going to actually say when you started mentioning about using it as a reference tool because referencing tools of things that you use also on a regular basis. So mm. if you are working with uh, astrological energies, yeah, it would be maybe helpful for you to understand the dates of each zodiac sign, right? The sun signs or something like that. Uh, if you're using, you know, the seasons or the seasonal changes maybe you would also write down or keep a log of the dates of when they go into you know from one season to another absolutely if you start if you decide that you want to start uh using different divination tools and tapping into uh divination work Mm -hmm. if you want to learn tarot oracle runes you know bones etc you can also write down some of the readings and the messages that come through for you that way you can a reference back b if they kind of like come to fruition if mm-hmm. you're doing like a future reading then being able to say like happened mm-hmm. or you could be like oh shit like that when you know when you reference back because when you so when you're kind of like preparing yourself to receive these divine messages to be able to fill these pages it's important to tap into the message and you know take heed to the message because if you do not listen to the messenger they'll stop coming yeah and they really will stop coming if you don't execute what it is even yeah. if it sounds like a crazy thing that you're receiving and you it doesn't make any sense to you mm-hmm. it's better to jot it down yep. and then look for ways of how you can apply it if yeah. it's something that you can apply because you'll notice that it'll somehow circle back totally. to that message that you receive. Happens all the time. Sometimes you don't always understand in the beginning, especially you're not always going to understand the messages that come through. And I think it's important to just write them down. Again, being having that self-confidence and that courage to believe mm-hmm. that what you're receiving is a divine message. And just writing it down. Nobody is saying, you know, jump out the window and go and do whatever wild thing. If it's, especially if it's illegal or it's dangerous, like I not mm-hmm. recommend it, but write it down because it could be a part of something where let's say, you know, it's a really wild scenario. And then the next thing you know, you're hearing about a wild scenario very parallel from a third person. Mm-hmm. That person that is telling you this story is a part of your divine message. And so many ways so to many interpret. things yeah. absolutely so many things and that could even be a whole other episode too for us totally you're right and this whole idea of interpreting messages and what they can that's mean. true that's another episode altogether but i just feel like when I, you're right but when yeah totally but the book of shadows i feel like is kind of my message keeper sometimes mm-hmm. you know so it's useful to keep it that way and it should be personal so if you go around showing your stuff. I'm. It's nothing that it's not sacred or it takes away from the sacredness of your book. Right. But it's just that those are things that are very personal to you and yeah. personal to your practice. So they make sense to how you are practicing. For sure. It's not useful for you to show other people because those things may not be useful for them. And they also may have their own messages that they have to work through. So, mm. And I think that's in keeping with the octopus card that we pulled during topic where it's like shadow work. And it's like the octopus on the card is literally in the shadows. And mm-hmm. then so directly connecting it to Book of Shadows, like keep it personal, keep it like keep it to yourself. I mean, yes, we want you to keep it bedside. But if that 
is in a shared space of some sort, then you're going to have to have, I don't know, like you're just going to have to play like an octopus, but fit into small places, like (laughs) hide a little bit, like maybe you write it into your phone and then put it into your note, into your book of shadows. Like, you know, it's more about getting it done than it is about, um, having some grand gesture to write into your book, you know? Yeah. So get yourself a book of shadows. Yes. Yes. Bueno, now we're on the ritual part of our show. How exciting. Yes, absolutely. Because you know what? This special ritual has to do with a self-dedication to yourself and your practice. So here's how we're going to start it off. Boom. We are going to start off with first an I am letter. Ooh. I am all these affirmations that you can I am a witch. Of. I am powerful. I am strong. I am courageous. I am magical. I am unique. I am my mother's daughter. I am an earth dweller. I am a celestial being. I am... This is Of divine energy. Love. Yeah. All of those things. All of these are positive affirmations. And these... What you write down on this paper, consider them like wedding vows. But they're vows to yourself. It's like you're getting married to yourself. Yeah, you're writing yourself a love letter. Mm-hmm. Kind of. But it's like, I am love. I am healing. I am light. I am... So it's all of these amazing things. Like, you're basically literally putting your best face forward and writing down all of these beautiful things about yourself. And we're running off with all of these different ideas, but you should really take the time to sit down quietly in a... In you know in a reverence. calm space, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, in reverence to be able to write out this. I agree. Uh, letter of I am affirmations. Then on the night of the full moon, you're going to get hot date ready. Ooh, hot date ready! I yeah. like that. Whatever that looks like to you, right? Right, right. I mean, you know, is it date number? I'm getting naked. Then shave. If it, you know, but you want to smell good, you want to look good, you want to feel good. Like this is again, you're putting your best face forward. So mm-hmm. you are showing up for yourself mm-hmm. in a new light for the first time. Present your best self. And you want to make sure also that the things that you start wearing for that night end up being something that maybe you consider using for only your magical uh, practices later on. I love that. I have a black dress. I have a long sleeve, floor length, black dress, that, and a moon necklace that when I wear them, Mm -hmm. okay, fine, I have like 18 black dresses, but whatever. (laughs) When I wear this particular black dress, it... I feel more connected to my magic. Like, I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm not... Now I am in... I am practicing magic today and I know it. Versus, like, when I'm in work clothes, like... I mean, listen, I do magic every day all the time. But, like, what you're... To your point, this is something that elevates the Mm -hmm. energy. We're making basically a switch from normal, regular life... To a very special time and sacred space. Exactly. So you want to make sure that that transition is super special with based off of even up to what you're wearing. And that includes your fragrance that you decide to wear. I love that. Similar to a priest. Like a priest will wear, you know, he'll wear the collar with all black, etc. 
regularly. That's his like regular uniform. But when he's in ceremony, mm-hmm. he is in an official garb. He is in his cloth. So on the night of the full moon, you want to get that ready just like that. Love it. Then your items, right? To bring to this special ritual okay. that you want to have. Hit me with the items. Where's your pen and paper? You got your pen and paper? Yes. Go. White candle. Candle. Episode one. Lit. Lit. White candle lit. Ready. Incense of your favorite kind. Ooh. Notice we didn't say sage and palo santo, okay? <laughs> Definitely something different. <laughs> Check. Incense burning. Flowers of your favorite choice, too. Nice. So you don't recommend red or white or anything specific? You can really research that yourself okay. because you can have white cool. as the color of purity. Maybe mm-hmm. that you want to make that kind of intention with your ritual. Yeah. Uh, it could be also pink-like flowers for self-love right. as well, right? Because you're dedicating this to yourself and what better thing to have self-love within your ritual as something like pink roses or something like that. Love. Uh, so flowers blooming. Blooming. Okay, definitely. Boom. Then you want to have a special uh, drink of some sort. It could be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Like a whiskey ginger? Yeah, something if that's what your go-to is, right? Okay. But you want to make sure that it <laughs> <Done>. becomes, once <laughs> again, this is something that is ritualistic, right? So right. even when you are preparing it, you're doing it with that reverence. But the other part, too, is that, I love that. maybe you also then consider that this drink that you're making becomes your drink that you use also for special occasions like this. Ah, so it shouldn't be your go-to party drink. This should mm. be... I like red wine in that case because I feel like red wine is like an ancient staple. Oh, right? I do like that, too. Like, so, I feel like red wine is... Because then, okay, you drink red wine all the time and that's fine. But mm-hmm. when you're doing it in reverence, I feel like it's just a glass of red wine. Maybe you have a specific copa or... A, Oh, yeah, like a glass. Goblet or whatever, or yeah. So you have like a specific wine glass that you are now using for this. And the wine, the red wine is just... I like that. I really yeah, like that because... Maybe the vessel instead of the, the Instead drink. of the actual drink. Yeah. And I really like that too because you can you guys can make this into whatever kind of variety mm-hmm. of what you want. We just want the to give remix. you... The remix. The remix because <laughs> it could be the basics we're, that we're just providing you. And then yeah. you can make it... In whatever kind of special way that you want. For sure. Like, you know, like what we do is guide. Like what we do is kind of like guide. So it's up to you to then, um, again, this is what modern witch practicing is. Mm -hmm. You then take the tools. You take that research and that information. Bring it home. Process. Think about it. And then uh, apply it where it fits. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, aside from the drink, you also want to have algo dulce, something sweet. Algo dulce. Yeah, because you know, there's the Italian kind of popped out a little. (laughs) Algo dulce. There's there's a few reasons for that. One is that you want to have this idea of okay, Italian people calm down. They're like, it's dolce. What are you talking about? It's dolce, right? But (laughs) you want to have different things where uh, it not only is sweet for the specific part of uh, you have. Certain things, you know, there's a reason why you have dessert at the end of a meal, right? It's to celebrate maybe the ending of the meal or to, you know, have something that maybe even just 
might be Ooh, enjoyable, it's right? It's like the sweet surrender where you're Ooh. surrendering. Mm-hmm. You're putting your guards down. You're laying down your shields and you're accepting your new space. And on top of that, remember that any kind of spiritual work that you're doing can also be very, uh, the energy kind of goes all over the place or Ooh, can go all over the place. Okay. So How another you... thing to recuperate at the end yeah. is to have something sweet. So mm. it's like bringing up that energy level back up because if you are, you know, um, like this vibing is... high. Yeah. It helps to like balance basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice, so having something smart. sweet will help. It's the same like reason that. why I don't know if you ever watched um any of those Harry Potter movies, but like Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, when he's trying to uh, learn how to use that Expecto Patronum thing against that um creature that tends to change. Oh, it's a bulger, I think they call it. He changes into the thing that you're most fearful about. Uh, okay. Um, uh, Professor uh, Luke. Lupus, I forget his name. Uh-huh. Um, well, that professor ends up giving him Harry uh, chocolate. He gives him something sweet to recover from working that mm. spell on a regular basis. So there's ideas about why you would use something sweet right. when it comes to magic words. For energy, for energy as well. It just re-energizes you from mm-hmm. exhausting your energy. Yeah. Ah, I love that. Okay, cool. So you got all these things all in front of you. Boom. Give me the checklist one more time, quick. Bullet. Checklist. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, intent. Can- um, I am affirmation letter. Ready. White candle. Lit. Incense. Burning. Flowers. Blooming. Wine or brew or tea. In a special glass. Mm-hmm. That from then on is only for magical practices. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then something sweet. Perfect. Okay, perfect. Once you start that, you go into now starting to read through your uh your i am affirmation dedication letter and you read it out loud okay do you repeat it like once you're done with the letter do you recite it again or is it just a one like one time i would say that after you're done with this ritual you should take it and put it into your book of shadows (gasps) item of the episode that was a big plug Big plug. Actually, that's pretty brilliant. Yeah. And you can always refer back to it anytime you need an, a boost in spiritual morale. To remember who you are. And remember who you are and when to walk in your power and to claim your space and claim yourself and love yourself. Like reread it as needed. Always revisit those things that make you feel powerful. Mm-hmm. So after you've already dedicated all of that time to yourself... You can end up finishing off the end of the ritual with drinking um, that special drink and then also in celebration eating um, whatever you have that you've served yourself and just, you know, enjoy that kind of quiet time and reflect and kind of feel how that energy is going for you. I can tell you from personal experience when I went through that, um, my ceremony was a bit different but similar. I was just so excited on the other side. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. I was activated. And it was my moment of activation for sure. And there's something special about being able to dedicate that kind of thing for yourself. Because if you also, uh, like I said, I, like we were talking about earlier about the full moon night. You want to make sure that maybe you also mark down that date. 
because that's going to be your anniversary that you can also have for a special How time from the years to come. How cute is that? Mm-hmm. Like 10 years ago today, I blah, blah, blah. And on your anniversary, you should always re- replay the, at least the the affirmation. Like re- recite the affirmation again. Mm-hmm. If you don't have time to do the full ceremony, but definitely... Wow, how beautiful is that? And if you do catch yourself a full moon on your anniversary, then I think a full-blown ceremony is a must. Full-blown ceremony, I would definitely say. That's exciting. Yeah, we just gave you a 15-year plan. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) In 15 years, you're bound to catch a full moon on your anniversary. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Oh. For closing thoughts, we're going to pull one tarot card. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll be using the Wheel of the Year deck, and this is going to be for the last quarter moon phase that we're currently going into, and basically asking for some pending new moon advice. So preparing for this new moon, we have a week before the new moon, so what advice do we have for that? Shuffle, 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 shuffle. Every day I'm shuffling. (laughs) Ready? Go. Ooh. Prince of Chalices. Prince of Chalices. Romance. I love that. Uh, Creative energy. Mm -hmm. It's cool. I like that. So um, being creative is like my instant thing when I see that card is always like that passionate, like creative, emotional kind of energy. Yeah, something stirring up, you know, princes um, or pages are are new energy, right? They're very immature kind of stuff. So that's very youthful. Yeah. So maybe something to also consider is like the the coming in of something not only romantic, but... Maybe something that you're becoming passionate about. Yeah. Like tapping into something underdeveloped in terms of immature, right? Mm-hmm. So it can be tapping into something that needs to grow, that needs attention. Knowing that this moment, there's like growth potential, mm-hmm. you know, room. There's room to flex kind of vibe. I like that. I like that. So going into the dark moon, especially because, you know, this is all... And for me, I can't speak for anyone but myself. Right now, I am preparing for 2020. I want to enjoy the rest of 2019, obviously, and close my year out with a bang. But next, like, I'm already projecting. Like, I'm already considering, mm-hmm. you know. And the cups are dreamers. Like, the, the they're emotional. You know, they're, they go deep and, like, all of these things. So I think that also with the pages and uh, princess, princes and princesses, they're, you know, more wondrous than some of the other cards. So mm-hmm. they're, they take life a little lighter. They're a little lighter spirited. You know, they haven't been beat up by life. They're young. Mm-hmm. So I think also like remembering to have that youthful kind of innocence and freedom. Mm-hmm to explore yeah uh i think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said about looking and tapping into things that are underdeveloped and i think that looking at it with uh with a way of wonder and new eyes and that kind of sense of 
being able to start realizing things that maybe you haven't really been attending to on a regular basis. Yeah. So that you can actually bring them up to light. Totally. And also, just I'm just taking a closer look at this beautiful card. Um, Again, we're using the wheel of the year tarot she's smelling the flowers she's holding flowers there's a dove at her feet which is all about Mm -hmm. you know um signs of peace and purity and that moment like taking the time to smell the roses you know tapping into a softer energy sweeter energy so I think being kind to yourself. I mean, listen, you should be kind to yourself always. But there's something about this card that's also telling me that message. Like being kinder to yourself, forgiving yourself. If you're closing out the year feeling like you didn't accomplish mm-hmm. what you set out to, forgive yourself. Be kind to yourself. Remember that you're underdeveloped and allow yourself that room to continue to grow and forgive yourself for not being at the pace that you originally wanted to be at because sometimes the growing pains cause pauses like sometimes you need to pause like you're not going to go to the gym four days in a row and exert so much energy that you can't work out for another week because you've pulled a muscle you've like overworked yourself Mm -hmm. so allow for that ebb and flow and take those pauses as needed so you know i think applying self-love i mean you can self-love is the answer to all the questions really but i think it's important to take those little moments and smell the flowers is literally what the girl is doing in the card and going into the last quarter or us being in the last quarter really and into this waning uh phase of, of the moon where we're releasing things and trying to declutter, Mm. maybe then you should put intentions during this time in terms of decluttering the things that are going to keep you or or getting kind of in the way from you being able to uh, develop those things that you're not allowing yourself yet. To your point, I love that. So to your point, using that self-love smelling the flowers all of that inspiration Mm. to declutter to release to like i need to release in order to yes keeping that release because what is wait again closing thoughts what is waning moon energy except to let go it's literally the moon becoming smaller and smaller smaller and smaller until it's completely dark and then the new moon Mm -hmm. so all of that energy as it continues to get smaller and smaller and smaller is all about, you know, like we said before, decreasing debt. Like we said, releasing, decluttering, making room for all the new opportunity. So show yourself some love. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you guys soon. Follow us on the gram. At Another Witch Podcast. Subscribe, like, and share. And leave us a review. We love a good review. Thank you so much for all the feedback. We Love you too. Bye.